It's Monday, March 7th, in case you forgot what day it is. Well, I have not been podcasting much of late, so I guess there's a lot to talk about. Uh, But the good news is I'm not going to spend too much time on any one subject. So if you don't like what I'm talking about, just sit tight. Maybe the next subject will be more to your liking. The first thing is Proofrock is back. This is a newsletter by a gentleman named Micah Maddox, uh, and he used to send this newsletter out. It's free. I subscribed, I don't know, a few years ago and enjoyed it, and then it disappeared. He said he was taking a break, I don't know, to work or spend time with family or so. It's a, this, this, I love this hiatus thing. I wish the hiatus thing had been around in the 90s. I mean, I would have pulled that out of my ass every time there was a breakup. Although I kind of like the, the seeming finality of a breakup. I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't have gone with the hiatus because I like just saying something publicly. The band is split up so that if I were tempted to go back, I'd be less likely to do it. Of course, that obviously didn't work because I kept going back. But now people just say they're going on a hiatus or they're taking a break when they want to quit. Well, anyway, the the Proof Rock is back under the banner of the spectator world. I'm very happy about that. And the newsletter from Friday or Saturday talks about this situation at the Metropolitan Opera in New York. Uh, Peter Gelb, the general manager over there, um, has you know been running around putting out statements denouncing the Russian invasion of Ukraine, which you know it's a bad thing and it should be denounced. I don't know if Peter Gelb of the Metropolitan Opera is the guy who it's really important that he runs around doing it, but but um, it's a bad thing. I think it's unequivocal. Uh, so I. I mean, I when I see that kind of stuff, I always wonder, is the person who's doing this, do they believe that they're making a difference? Are they that naive? Or, um, or is it just performative? I think in most cases, it's probably a combination of the two. But nobody cares what Peter Gelb says. And Peter Gelb must know that to some degree because he apparently tried to pressure Anna Netrebko into uh, denouncing Putin. Now, Anna Netrebko is one of the world's great sopranos. I, uh, knew, I first uh, was introduced to her, actually, by the Met. Uh, and it was probably early on when they started their Live in HD series, where they beam live operas into movie theaters. Uh, but they also rebroadcast them on PBS under the title uh, Great Performances at the Met uh, like the following summer after the opera season ends. And it was there that I saw Anna Netrebko in Donizetti's great comic opera Don Pasquale and uh, immediately became a fan. Now I'm more of a fan after I read this newsletter. Here's why. This is quoting from the newsletter. Russian soprano 
Anna Trebko has expressed support for Putin in the past, and apparently Gelb asked her to denounce him. She refused and took to Instagram to complain about the demand. And then he links to a piece by somebody named Alexandra Svokos. But, uh, but I'm just going to read the Anna Trebko quotes. And apparently she said this on Instagram. Forcing artists or any public figure to voice their political opinions in public and to denounce their homeland is not right. This should be a free choice. Like many of my colleagues, I am not a political person. I am not an expert in politics. I am an artist, and my purpose is to unite people across political divides. You know, a lot of punk bands would do well to take a page from her book. So... Then she went on to say, I guess in a separate post, it's especially despicable from people from the West, seated comfortable in their home, not fearing for their lives, to pretend to be brave and pretending to fight by putting in trouble artists who asked nothing. Again, bravo, bravissimo, Natrebko, exactly right. Guys like Gelb try to convince themselves they're doing something. You're not doing anything. This is a terrible situation in Ukraine. This is a terrible situation. Putin is a bad man. But it shouldn't be up to artists to uh, put out statements about that, especially under compulsion. It makes no more sense than it made during World War II to, uh, to view with suspicion German-Americans and Japanese-Americans if they weren't you know, vocal enough condemning the Axis powers. And uh, as Micah Maddox points out, there are other reasons why one might not go out and publicly denounce Putin, including may have family members back in Russia and you'd like them to not be ill-treated by that regime. I don't know why people think compelling others to do their bidding in political matters like that, to use their voice, is, is something desirable or effective. It's neither. It's evil. Don't do it. Apparently also the great uh, conductor Valery Gergiev was fired by, uh, he was the chief conductor at the Munich Philharmonic, and he was fired by them because he wouldn't denounce the invasion of Ukraine. So that's who we are. All right, subject two, Reacher, the series. If you're a fan of the Jack Reacher books by Lee Child, as I am, you are looking forward to this, but maybe with some trepidation. Uh, there are the people who absolutely hate the two movies that came out with Tom Cruise's Jack Reacher, primarily, as far as I can tell, because Tom Cruise is like four foot eleven, and Jack Reacher is supposed to be this giant of a man. Uh, but I didn't. I I thought at least the first movie was okay. It wasn't great by any stretch, but uh, I guess they got the look right for Reacher in this one because this dude is enormous but he's also he he must spend three to four hours a day in the gym 
I mean, he is unbelievably muscular and well-sculpted, not only huge and muscular, but has this like tiny dancer's waist. So, um, so he's, he, he's way too handsome to be Jack Reacher and he's way too muscular. Reacher is supposed to be big, uh, but not particularly muscular. So if you, if you didn't like Tom Cruise, cause he didn't look the part, I don't think you can say this guy does just cause he's big. I mean, what he, what he is, is he's tall and then he has spent a lot of time working out. And like I said, he's too handsome. He looks like Dexter. He looks like somebody shot a wheelbarrow full of steroids into Dexter, actually. I, the series itself is okay, I guess. I mean, Reacher is awfully chatty in this series. He just never stops talking. Whereas in the, in the books, he's uh, kind of keeps his, his thoughts to himself a little bit more. It's okay. Doesn't suck. It's not great. But my friend Owen Murphy was just going on and on about how awesome it was. So I kind of let myself, I let my expectations be raised and then was a little disappointed. I find my mind wandering while I'm watching this series. I think we're about halfway through. Just a couple more things. Baseball. No, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. And frankly, I'll be honest, I was just looking for an excuse. It's not, it's not really the lockout. But I, I don't, I cannot fathom how you become rich enough to own a baseball team and yet you get together with all the other rich guys and you negotiate a deal for TV rights that makes it all but impossible for people in local markets to watch their local teams. I, I, I don't understand it. My son wants to watch Brewer games. He can't. And, I, you know, our options are like get satellite, which we're not doing, go back to cable, which we're not doing in both cases because it's the 21st century. And, uh, and so it's just... they. They, they, I don't know if they're just totally clueless or if they just don't give a damn, but I'm, I'm just done. I like baseball. You know, we've got the local, we've got the Northwoods League here, the Madison Mallards here in town. I'll go see a couple Mallards games this summer. I'm not going out to Miller Park. I'm not going to support a team that, that just makes me work so hard to support them. It should be the other way around, I think. And, you know, I've got absolutely no sympathy. It, you would think, with all these disputes they have, like YouTube TV, well, it, it got pulled from YouTube TV because they don't want to pay whoever owns the broadcasting rights enough money for it. Why are they paying them anything? You're running ads, for God's sake. I mean, the greed is astounding. It's incredible. You know, you go back to the days before cable and the owners were still getting rich, right? From the, from the TV ad revenue. Oh, we can, we, can, we can sell the rights along with that, the broadcast rights along with that. And they all do it. 
and the local stations do it, or at least the ones that are owned by bigger companies. I don't need anything that bad. I don't, I don't, what I saw of baseball last year in the past couple of years, it's just gotten, I think it happens to a, an awful lot of sports where there's so much at stake that the way the game is played has to change to maximize your chance of success. And, and those changes are often detrimental to the game. So, for instance, like the, the, the changes that if, if there aren't enough hits and there aren't enough home runs, they you know, immediately go and make things more difficult on the pitchers. The games are starting to get a little longer last year. So I just saw this uh, the other day on TV that, that the owners are proposing to limit the number of time between pitches, like to, to decrease it. Apparently there's already a time limit. I don't know when they instituted that. If you can't tell, I haven't really paid that much attention to baseball in recent years. But, uh, but they always put it on the pitchers, don't they? But I like to see good pitching, you know? like to see hits too, but I like to see good pitching. But as much as I would like to watch and enjoy the Brewers, they've decided I can't. So I'm using this opportunity of the lockout to say, so long, suckers, enjoy. And a while back, I talked about um, possibly doing some music on the podcast. I mean, playing other people's music on the podcast for which you need to obtain a license. And so uh, I had asked you people to express your support for that or not. And, you know, barely anybody did. But the bigger issue was I did sign up for an account with a company that, that, um, that allows you to do that, that enables you to license music that you want to play on your podcast, except as soon as I had the account, it was like there was literally nothing about it on the website. It was all about uploading your own music and <laughs> so that other people could use it on their podcast. There was not one word anywhere on that entire website about how to license music. So, um, and I didn't misread it. It was just, uh, it was a waste of time. And I've got so little time as is that as enjoyable as it would be to me to play some music on here and talk about it, I, I don't have the time or energy to, to jump through all the hoops, which is true of many things in my, in my business life as well. But it's especially true of something like this that has uh, no ability to make me money. Final thing. A couple people have mentioned in the comments that there have been problems with the delivery of the podcast. So there was one guy who was unsubscribed somehow from Substack, and he went back and signed up with the same username and email, and it was like his account had never existed. So I don't understand that. And then the other problem, which I imagine is happening to a lot of people, and if it is, they're not listening, but I'm going to try it anyway. And uh, in hopes that some of you will prevent it from happening to you in the future. Basically, Gmail does not like Substack. It doesn't like newsletters in general. 
something about the way it filters things will put uh, emails from Substack sometimes in your spam folder, or sometimes they'll go in your promotions folder, which who among us has ever, ever, ever looked in their promotions folder? I didn't even know I had one. Okay, so if you don't want that to happen to you, if you like this podcast, first of all, you're crazy. Second of all, uh, there are a couple things you can do. Drag it from, if it's in your spam or in your, um, or in your promotions folder, drag it to your inbox. And if there's that option to mark it as not spam, then do so. And the other thing you can do apparently is reply to the email that goes out automatically from, from Substack when I post a podcast, because then it helps the system learn that this is a legitimate email address and it's not spam. So those are some things you can do to, uh, to ensure that you keep getting emails from me and keep getting these podcasts, which I hope you do. Uh, you know, I'm still kind of, I'm, there, there's a little lull right now between projects, but it's not going to last long. And it doesn't really matter anyway, because I'm catching up on all this stuff that I wasn't able to get to when I was working hard and, and focusing pretty much solely on, on that uh, creative work. So it's, it, you know, for the foreseeable future, it's going to be sketchy. Don't count on a podcast every week, but I'll pop in when I can. As always, it's been a pleasure uh, to talk at you. And maybe I'll be back next Monday. Maybe I won't. But in any case, have a nice week or two weeks or three weeks until I am able to join you again. And until then, please remember, as always, that I love you all very much. So long.